Welcome to Sanford on Security, where each episode, American Security Council Foundation Senior Analyst Lawrence Sanford brings you the latest in national security news and events. Mr. Sanford served as a communications officer aboard a destroyer in the U.S. Pacific Fleet, followed by four years as an officer in the clandestine services of the CIA. If you would like to support the American Security Council Foundation, please visit www.ascf.us. Thanks so much, and have a great day. Good day. I'm Lawrence Sanford. I'm Senior Analyst with the American Security Council Foundation here in Florida. And with me is Joy Avatra Beck, who is the Director of Operations at the American Security Council Foundation. And we're going to have a conversation in regards to clean energy, green energy is not so clean. And so Joy will ask me a few questions that she has uh, generated based on her conversation and readings on the subject and discuss my article, which was uh, published on our website and is in process of being published in other publications. So I would start with Joy's first question. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on your show, Sanford on Security. You all may remember me from hosting Protecting Our Freedoms here at the American Security Council Foundation. And today, like Larry said, I'm going to interview him on his latest article, Green Energy is Not So Clean. So to start out with, um, first of all, from an individual's perspective, is clean energy a long-time viable source for the individual? The individual, my nephew, who's a PhD in, in engineering, uses the term individual bubble. And the individual bubble is that if you have a solar panel rooftop, that is good for you. If you drive an electric Tesla with the batteries, probably that's good for you in the individual bubble. But the cost of generating those solar panels on your roof or the cost of the lithium batteries or whatever kind of batteries there are in the Tesla or other electronic vehicles from a societal viewpoint is not so good. And I would start off by saying, first of all, just to make the solar panels, the windmill blades, the batteries requires rare earth minerals. China dominates rare earth mineral processing and manufacturing. Uh, many of the rare earths come out of Africa where China has contracted basically slave labor, 12 year olds, Africans to mine these materials and ship them to China for processing. And in China, the processing of these chemicals, uh, minerals, and pollutes water, pollutes the air, is a real environmental issue. Also mining of many of the rare earth materials is in uh, Xinjiang, uh, which is the home of the Muslim minorities where China has concentration camps and uses them basically as slave labor. So the processing of the rare earth minerals and the processing in the manufacturing cycle are environmentally very bad. Uh, so when you go beyond the, the processing stage, then you get into the manufacturing stage. China dominates windmill, <clears throat> windmill blades. They dominate solar panels. 
they dominate the batteries. So here we are in America, the number one energy country in the world, stifling our independence, stifling our prosperity, so we can become dependent upon China. It doesn't make any sense to me at all, especially since the, the green energy per se doesn't make sense in other environmental issues. Windmills, thousands of birds are killed every year. Eagles, bats, birds, migratory birds, migratory patterns are all killed by windmills. You, you never hear the environmentalists talking about that. I mean, the Sierra Club is very much against nuclear energy, which is the cleanest, safest source of energy. And all they never talk about the birds and the environmental issues of windmill blades. I, you jumped into my next question, oh, actually. Okay. I, but you're, you're on track here with, I was going to say, is it safe to say that the amount of land it takes to build solar panels, windmills, and the uh, backup storage mm -hmm. for the batteries takes away from the land that could be used as a sanctuary for animals and birds? Precisely. If, if windmills were to dominate our source of energy, it would require two states of California to, for all the mm -hmm. land that they consume. They consume tremendous quantities of land. A nuclear power plant is one five hundredth the land size of a windmill farm to produce the same amount of energy, assuming the wind is blowing. Hmm. Europe last summer had a terrible power problem because the wind didn't blow. Even on the ocean, the wind didn't blow. And Germany has made a major commitment for uh, offshore wind farming. The yes, wind I wasn't, recall seeing Yeah, the wind wasn't from. blowing. So what did the Germans have to do? They had to fire up those coal plants because they don't have any natural gas resources the way America does. And speaking of natural gas resources, the, the U.S. is the largest source of natural gas. And I'm originally from Boston. And Boston imports natural gas from Russia because the states of New York and Massachusetts and New England will not allow the building of pipelines from Pennsylvania, which has tons of natural gas, to cross state lines to get into the Boston Metro to feed people. And New York City has just banned, I think maybe the state even, has banned natural gas hookups. And they're sitting on top of one of the great natural gas sources in America, but they refuse to allow fracking in New York State. It, the, the, the politics involved in this whole energy thing is, to me, unbelievable. I mean, if you believe in America, you believe in, you want America to succeed, you would have policies that make Americans prosperous and energy independent, but no. And specifically at this point, we don't want to be dependent upon <laughs> Russia and natural energy. <laughs> and, yeah. and look at Europe right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you already touched on um, basically the environmental concerns with even this green energy of solar and wind. Um, do, you, do you believe most green energy ideas are actually really hurting the environment? Well, I, I, everybody's, it's like being believing in mom and apple pie. I believe in green energy. I believe that if we should do some solar stuff, we should do some wind stuff. But for the base source of our electricity, you're going to need fossil, fossil fuels is incorrect. They're not fossil fuels. They're, they're carbon-based fuels. Fossil fuels means they come from animals. No. Mm. That, that's a misnomer. They use the term mis, uh, fossil. So they're carbon-based fuels of oil, gas, and uh, you're going to need that. Uh, there's no way that the government's plan to go electric, to go renewables, 
by 2040 or whatever, yeah. 20, isn't going to happen. Right now, the energy sources in America, 20% of all the energy in America comes from nuclear, and it represents 50% of the carbon-free energy. 10% comes from wind and solar, 25% of carbon-free. 10% from hydro and germ, uh, geothermal, hydro or dams and geothermals, hot water from the earth. There are another 10% and 25% of the carbon-free. So 100% of the carbon-free, 50 from nuclear, 25 from wind and, wind and uh, solar, and 25 from geothermal. Fossil fuels account for 60% of all the energy in America yeah. and 0% of the carbon-free. But America has decreased its carbon output in the last 20 years, primarily because of fracking of the natural gas. So the U.S. is way ahead of the curve as far as the rest of the world is concerned in reducing carbon emissions. And, you know, the relationship between carbon and climate change, one can make studies and statistics, but it's open still, in my opinion, as to how much of a relationship there is between carbon and climate change. Climate has been changing for four billion years. And, and to attribute it to man-made, maybe, maybe not, but the proof isn't it to me. And when I hear, well, the models, the economic models, the computers say this, how often do you believe in the weather forecast? And they can't predict sometimes nope, 24 hours in advance. So sure. for them to say 10 years down the road or 20 years down, maybe uh, I'm willing to look at it and think about it. But for us to sacrifice our ind independence and not only the economic security, but the mission of American Security Council is to educate and engage Americans on national security, economic security, and moral leadership. And without energy, our national security situation is at risk. And so uh, I don't understand this hell-bent drive to drive away our energy from, from carbon-based fuels to green energy when one is cost prohibitive, it takes up land, it doesn't work, and the sun doesn't shine 24 hours a day. And in the winter, solar panels in the northern states their efficiency is down as low as 10%. So you're going to need fossil carbon fuels and you're going to need nuclear fuels to fund and support American society now and in the future. And that gets right into my next question, which you pretty much have answered. But some people have said that the uh, Texas freeze could have been avoided if we were using fossil, I won't say fossil fuels, carbon fuels. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are... I don't know. I, I just don't know what could have happened. I was, I was surprised when I first read about it, how dependent Texas is on the wind. Yes, I was surprised too. Uh, here they are, the, the source of the natural gas and oil. Well, and, yes. uh, so I'm, I'm surprised. And there's a lot of sun down in Texas, so I'm, not, I'm surprised they're not more into the uh, solar. And the, I don't think Texas has a nuclear power plant. Uh, they might. Mm. There are a total of 56 nuclear power plants in, in America uh, with 93 reactors. But most of them are up north or along the East Coast. So 
That was one of my questions as well. I mean, going along with maybe maybe it could have, maybe it couldn't have been avoided uh, if we're more dependent upon the carbon fuels or maybe a mixture thereof or even nuclear. Yeah. Um, would yeah. you propose that we should look more into doing more nuclear in the future? Yes, I, uh, I definitely think that's the way to go. And looking at the past, the cost of a nuclear power plant is in the billions. There's only two nuclear power plants under construction in America right now, both of them in Georgia at one plant. And their initial estimate was like 12 billion. There are 27 billion and counting. And hopefully we'll be online within the next year. But in the meantime, so we have two new plants coming online in addition, in addition to the 90 that we have, but we have 20 in process of being decommissioned. And so uh, the 20% of uh, American energy from nuclear is rapidly going to decrease as a percentage of all these decommissionings. Why are they being decommissioned? They're not financially viable uh, competing with gas. Okay. And also, the average age of a nuclear plant in America is 39 years age, 39. Mm. So it requires maintenance, the costs are going up on those, but you can extend the life of them up to 60 years. And so when you say that nuclear is expensive, uh, I have an MBA in finance. You know, you can twist numbers around any way you want. And so if you look at the lifespan of a nuclear plant, say over 60 years, the cost goes down per year versus say the lifespan were 20. And so the numbers indicate, depending upon how you wanna read the numbers, that it is the, not only the most efficient because it runs 24 seven, mm -hmm. don't have to worry about the wind. And the other thing like in hydro dams, depends upon water. Look at what's happening in the Southwest. The Colorado River is drying up. Yes, right. So Arizona, Nevada, LA, they're all gonna be hurting big time when it comes to water sources. Another uh, advocate for uh, nuclear would be that they're great as far as uh, desalinization. I was just thinking about the way you said LA. Yeah, I, I yeah. have a desalination plant, yeah, I yeah. believe. Yes. But, uh, they're I mean, expensive that's, to run, though. They're expensive, but they're expensive because of the power requirements. Mm -hmm. So if you have a nuclear plant right next door to them, there's a whole different thing. So older nuclear power plants uh, are expensive and this, the technology involved in them at 39 years of age is different than the technology today. So the technology coming down the pike now is called small modular reactors, SMRs. And SMR technology is sort of a construction plant. You build a module, you transport it, and you build it on site. It's sort of like a manufactured home versus building a home on a web on a property because mm -hmm. each individual nuclear plant nowadays was had to be approved by the regulatory authorities lawsuits regulations it takes forever it takes 10 20 years to build a plant because of all the regulations whereas if you do the smr route the smr route is you're going to approve the basic modular and then you can manufacture those modulars and move them around so the costs come down dramatically and also the smaller size. And one of the things people talk about is the uh, safety of nuclear power. There has not been one death in America from a nuclear accident. The United States Navy since the 1950s has been operating nuclear power plants on their ships, submarines and aircraft carriers 
all in the Navy's fleet today are nuclear powered and there's been no accidents that I know of, or certainly if there were, we'd all have heard about mm. The one incident we had in America was the Three Mile Island, mm. and the New York Post has published an article saying that it could have been a lot worse, but, but, but for this and but for that. I don't know, all I know is no one died, they shut it down, and plants have been operating now in America for all these years and there's been no, uh, no serious incident. The only place that caused Deaths was in Chernobyl in the old Soviet Union, which is now Ukraine. And under attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that plant was different than any plant in America. It was a plant that not only provided electricity, but it was also a bomb-making facility. Mm. The uranium used in civilian use is, is developed to a certain degree. To make a military-grade uranium, you have to process it differently. So... This plant was different than anything in America, and supposedly all the other plants that were designed along the Chernobyl lines in the Soviet Union or Russia now have safeguards that they didn't have back in the 70s. Okay. And think about it, in the 70s, that's 40 or 50 years ago. Think about the progress we've made in society just with computers alone in the last 40 years. So when you talk about technology, technologies are changing in, in, the, in the nuclear uh, Right now, everything Safety is, would be one aspect. What about the nuclear waste side of it? The waste. Since the beginning in America of all the plants in America, you could take all the waste and fit them on a football field okay. in 50-foot high containers. So waste is an issue. I certainly wouldn't want that container mm -hmm. in my backyard. Right. But it's a political issue. Um, the U.S. government spent $7 billion in yucca flats in Nevada, outside of Las Vegas, 40 or 50 miles north, building into a stable geographic area, mines to store it. Mm. Harry Reid was the Senate majority leader from Nevada, and he nixed the $7 billion utilization. So $7 billion bucks went down into the mine, <clears throat> but they never was able to use it as a storage facility. So what happens now is when a nuclear plant has the waste, they store it on site. So now you have 56 nuclear sites with storage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think I'd rather have one facility out in the middle of the desert down in a yes. mine yeah. than having it stored on, a, on, site. on site. And then you have all the nuclear waste from hospitals, all the radiation, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. that stuff. Huge problem. What do you do with it? So it's... The waste issue is a, uh, a political issue more than is a technical okay. issue. The U.S. government uh, stores its military uranium waste in a site in New Mexico, and they've been doing that, and that costs $15 billion. And uh, that one is being used, and so far there's been no major. There's been a couple of leaking tanks type of thing, but it's been confined to smaller issues. And if you look at the waste in developing uh, oil or waste in developing a solar blade or solar panels. There's all sorts of manufactured waste and really highly toxic chemicals go into the building of these things. So there's all sorts of other waste. And with a 20-year lifespan on the solar panels and the wind blades, these things can't be recycled. So we're going to have a huge issue of landfill coming down the road 
what do you do with all this stuff loaded with hazardous minerals and materials? So there's so no, this there's clean no energy free lunch. is not really clean yeah. if we have a lot of toxic waste yeah. to deal with. Precisely. Yeah, there's no such thing as a free lunch in this. Mm-hmm. Sun is free, but after that, it costs a lot of money to maintain it. So. So for the individual, it's probably not a bad idea to have the solar panels. Um, yeah. But for the public in general <laughs> and as a national security issue, as you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Something we need to rethink. Yeah. California celebrated. They were 100 uh, percent energy independent just to, within the last week or two for maybe an hour because of the sun and the wind and everything else came together. But what happens when the sun goes down? They yeah. still have to depend upon the base power. Of, of nuclear and carbon fuels. As a matter of fact, California was in process of terminating uh, its sole nuclear plant uh, and uh, Newsom, the governor, is reconsidering it because yeah. it, it might present problems with what California now has rolling blackouts and stuff. So. Mm. And what about the storage of this energy that when, when the sun's available? They have to store oh, it, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it, that a problem? I mean, yeah. and it could be an issue. Sun goes down, they have batteries, but the batteries are only good for a short period of time. And to build new batteries is, again, we're getting back to rare earth materials. So battery backups mm. for solar or wind are not even close to being suitable to, to solve the energy needs of America. Not even close. Inexpensive and cake up a lot of room. So. And in summary, I think your article suggested that we cannot meet um, our energy needs with just the solar and wind alone. No, not at all. So to balance my recommendation, and I think most, I shouldn't say most, my recommendation is that uh, we have a balance of nuclear, fossil, mm-hmm. rooftop panels, and uh, some wind, but not only do the birds get affected with the wind, humans do. In, in Australia, the Supreme Court in one of the states down there just banned this wind farm because it was so disruptive to the humans living nearby. The constant noise. Oh, wow. And the pollution of the uh, environment and the birds. Of course, the birds and the bats are all being killed big time. So I'm not a big fan of wind at all. Solar, I can see that coming down the road. But mm-hmm. again, I'm concerned about our dependency upon China. Yeah. I, why would we give up our own independence to depend upon China is beyond me. Yeah, that's definitely a national security issue. And yeah. I agree with the, the rare earth mineral thing is definitely something that needs to be looked at. Yeah. Since I, I believe my understanding is we use a lot of it in our own uh, military equipment. Yes. So yeah. I think it should be come back here and be manufactured. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so... Any other parting words? No, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me on your show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.